0: Welcome to the Box Jumper Podcast, episode number 9. I'm your host, John St. For this episode, I am joined by registered dietitian Lori Barker-Jackman, a former neighbor of mine and a friend for many years. She's also a TV personality with a regular segment on nutrition, all part of CTV Morning Live in Atlanta, Canada. Now, I've had nutrition on my radar for a topic uh, for a while, and I've shied away from it for a bit because I know that it's a weakness in my own daily routine. It's not that I eat badly, but I don't actively plan for dietary success either, and I feel like I should. So, I finally decided to take the plunge and connect with Lori to see if she might be interested in coming on the podcast and talking shop, and she was happy to share. No matter what your interest in fitness, it's clear from my chat with Lori that one of the smartest things you can do is invest some time in planning your diet wisely and personalizing it to your specific needs whether that's everyday life or fueling fitness routines with intensity. So for this episode, let's talk food, fuel, energy in for energy out. Your daily performance depends on what you do in the kitchen. In 10 seconds, I'll chat with registered dietitian Lori Barker-Jackman as we talk about the fact that what comes out is in fact dependent on what goes in. Interpret as you will. thanks for joining me. Um, I'll, I'll start by asking you to just tell me who you are and what it is that you do.
1: Okay, so my name is Laurie Barker-Jackman. I am a registered dietitian here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Um, I work full-time for Sobeys as a community dietitian, and I supervise uh, Nova Scotia. And on the side, I do a segment on CTV Morning Live for mm-hmm. the past about 18, 19 years on uh, nutrition recipes and tips
0: for those of you that are watching tv early in the morning that's (laughs) that's when you'll catch Lori on the air
1: that's right every second wednesday uh i have a segment so yeah i absolutely love that it's a huge passion awesome yeah
0: so uh the reason that i I, well first of all you're you're the first person that i knew very well that i thought hey i know a dietitian if i want (laughs) to talk about diet particularly um when i'm a little self-conscious about the fact that i know jack about the (laughs) diet side of things Um, you were the first person that I thought of to invite on the podcast. So, uh, thanks for, for being the Guinea pig and and coming on to to educate, uh, me, if no one else listens (laughs) to this episode, at least I'm getting the benefit of talking to you, but hopefully there'll be some other people out there, uh, particularly in the CrossFit world and the fitness world that will be able to, uh, benefit from your knowledge. And, uh, they may even wind up emailing me questions after the fact. So, um, I'll pass those along if I do get them.
1: Love
0: that. So for starters, um, you know, my, my interest um, is in trying to find sort of a plug and play method of getting my diet to work for um, what my priorities are in CrossFit. So right. for me, I'm not a performance athlete, but I'm not in it really for weight loss either because I'm kind of in the right zone as far as that's concerned it's it's really more about um like day-to-day fitness and and um performing well in the workouts that i'm challenged with every day and they're constantly varying and so um you know the the biggest challenge that i've had is having the energy to get through a workout because i choose to work out first thing in the morning right so what are what are some of the things that people need to know about you know what time of day is intake of food going to affect performance and Mm -hmm. what does that what role does that play in your energy level through the day not just for working out but you know i mean all of us have jobs and we have activities and we're up in the afternoons or in the evenings out with our kids taking them all over the place so i mean we've got a long day ahead of us how do we how do we feed our need for for energy through the day
1: It's tough. So, okay, if we talk about activity, um, so sometimes when we think about working out, there's a couple of components we need to look at here. Um, So yes, we can talk about what we eat right before a workout. um, And ultimately eating, you know, an hour before a workout is great. But sometimes, as you say, I mean, you know, you're not going to get up at four. Tough to get a full meal (laughs) in at 5
0: a.m. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, Nor sometimes we don't, we don't perform well sometimes when that happens if we're a morning workout person. Mm. Um, so, what's more important is that you're well fueled all the time. Mm. Um, and, you know, I know, John, we're going to talk about different types of diets, but if we talk about athletic performance, we know that carbohydrate is the main source of energy to our muscles and to our brain. Mm. And that's what affects performance. Um, so we have to be choosing the right types of carbs, but most of the time we need to have a diet that is, you know, at least half of our calories are coming from carbohydrate. You can certainly modify this. I'm not saying that's the be all and end all. Mm -hmm. And Full disclosure, I'm not um, a sports nutritionist or dietitian, uh, and you can get people that are more, um, you know, well-versed in this area if you want some really specific guidelines. And this is a science. So I would absolutely recommend your listeners, you know, if they're heavy into this, definitely get the expert advice. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm giving you absolutely general advice here today. So let's go back. For the most part, a diet that's predominantly carbohydrates. So what does that look like when we're eating? Mm -hmm. So you always follow the healthy plate. So I have it here, but I know your listeners can't see me here. But (laughs) I will explain this. So you know your plate nine inches in diameter, half of it being vegetables, a quarter of it being that whole grain, and a quarter of it being protein. Mm -hmm. This is a plate method of eating. And this is something that I think you're going to see, um, our country go to. So, cause our food guide is being changed. We're going to see it in December. Um, and you know, dietitians love to talk about the food guide and we kind of get the eye roll and I totally get that, mm. but there has to be some way for us to verbalize. How do you eat? Mm. Right. And, and this is really combining macronutrients. So we're getting that combination of carbohydrate, fat, and protein. Right. Mm. So to your question, if I'm well fueled all the time, I'm feeding my body, Where's the science behind feeding your body every three to four hours? Well, there's not. We need to play with blood sugar level. We need to keep our blood sugar level consistent. And that's where you need to work one-on-one with somebody. Right. So if you're working out hard at 6 a.m. for an hour, well, we need to look at if you're going to get enough calories. You definitely need to be eating right after that, some carbohydrate and protein. So this is different for everybody. Yeah. But well-fueled all the time, at least three meals looking like our plate method, and then you know snacks on top of that if you're a highly active person. Right. Yes. And hydration. So, you Mm. know, without monopolizing this conversation, but it's a long winded answer. Hydration is almost more important to your body, especially during a workout and all the time, um, than food. Yeah. So making sure that we're properly hydrated is so important for anybody doing any type of activity.
0: Right. What's a, what's a, um, what's a reasonable intake for like, let's say you're doing an an hour long workout. Like my, the, the way that I approach it is, you know, I've got a, uh, a shaker bottle that's probably 750 milliliters or maybe a little bit more um, that's what I take with me to the gym and it's yes. gone by the end of the workout that's um, great. And, yes. and that's that's pretty much my consistent pattern throughout that's, um, excellent. That, that's an hour worth of activity or you know I mean give or take with setups and teardowns and stuff yes um But for me, it's also, I mean, in my case, I I put BCAAs in my water um, so that I'm getting just a little bit more than just water. But certainly the hydration is the the biggest component of that.
1: It is. It absolutely is. So we say, you know, a good general rule of thumb, um, two cups of water two hours before activity. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, depending on the time we're working out, that may not be possible, but we're well hydrated all the time, two cups of water every hour of activity and two cups of water after activity. And if your activity is lasting more than an hour, that's when you really need to look at replacing electrolytes. Mm -hmm. So that's when we can get into sports beverages, sports gels, and, and depending on how hard you're working out and kind of the conditions. So if we're working out in hot and humid conditions, you might need to look at that too. Right. Um, so there's different ways that we can test hydration levels and sometimes it's through weighing before and after activity mm-hmm. uh, and there's a percentage of body weight. If you lose, then you may need to looking at rehydrating better. So those are things that would definitely be discussed on an individual level with somebody. But mm-hmm. again, if you're feeling really bagged in your workout and you're losing energy quickly, those are good signs that something's not quite right, whether it's hydration, which it is a lot of the times, mm-hmm. or it's, you know, you're losing your glycogen stores really quickly. And, you know, they're not topped up before we start our workout. So we don't have the, you know, sustainable energy to, to get us through. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So one, one point of discussion that I, that I wanted to, to bring to you, and I, I apologize for not sharing with this, uh, this with you before we met was the, the early part of fitness in a hundred words as written by uh, coach, Greg Glassman, who founded CrossFit, um, starts out with a recipe Relating to nutrition, because mm-hmm. um, I mean, any anybody that's in CrossFit to some extent addresses nutrition one way or the other, and, and this speaks to it um, rather loudly. And it starts out with eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, and no sugar. Keep intake to levels that will support exercise but not body fat. And then it goes on to talk about all the various different activities and exercises that you should work on um, from functional fitness. Right. But that's the only part that really addresses. Um, the nutritional component of athletic performance. Um, and it's interesting because it, it, first of all, the the most glaring omission from that is the absence of sugar is, yes. I mean, it's, it's deliberately attacking sugar. And, and that has uh, since become a passion of, of Greg Glassman's with his crusade against the big soda industry. Right. Um, but it also doesn't specifically, um, it doesn't mention carbs as a separate component. Um, I mean, it, it, I guess in a way it does because it, it, you know, nuts and seeds. I don't know if that's really intended to include grains at all either. Right. Um, but you know, how would you how would you say that that recipe equates to uh, something that makes sense for somebody doing uh, a high intensity sport like CrossFit?
1: I mean, okay. So if I'm being totally honest, um, I don't love that statement because um, so you know we have to look at food whenever we say avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's saying avoiding starch so to me as a dietician that means grains that means all starch that means whole grains mm-hmm. right that's what i would include a starch right okay. um so i don't believe that and i don't believe people need to avoid and it's not it.
0: avoided it's little starch little. So okay. So, keep, okay as a proportion anyway it seems like it's de-emphasized compared to you know the, the staples of meat vegetables nuts and seeds right
1: So the other issue I would have with it is, okay, meat. Um, So absolutely great source of protein. Um, But, you know, there is also plant sources of protein. And as we know that are well-researched with the Mediterranean diet, um, they support, you know, um, reduced incidence of chronic disease. So Mm -hmm. I think it's a little broader, but I think, you know, you absolutely can work within what he's saying. Right. So I think, okay, let's bring it back to evidence-based messaging. Mm-hmm. So if I look at any guidelines, so dyslipidemia guidelines, Diabetes Canada guidelines, um, what we're now seeing, which is absolutely interesting, is people have to find something that they can stick to and adhere to. Mm-hmm. That is what we need to recommend. So whereas before we would say, yeah, Mediterranean diet, lots of research around it. Um, there's lots of research around vegetarian, a way of eating. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're saying, oh, well, paleo can fit, keto you know definitely more research needs to be done there but right. we have to work with our clients and in the end if you can't adhere to a pattern of eating mm. it's not going to fix anything All right so that's from a chronic disease management perspective but if we look at your listeners so are we doing you know are we doing CrossFit for weight management are we doing it you know just to feel better and be healthy and that all has to do with nutrition as well. So if I can't find an eating pattern that I can stick to and adhere to and it makes sense to me, it's it's not going to work, yeah. right? So
0: yeah, and CrossFit is a, is a big homogeneous kind of audience too. There's right. there's people that have very different goals from another chunk of people that have a different goals from right. another chunk of people. So it's it's definitely hard to generalize like one particular methodology working for everybody because their their sensibilities and their priorities and how it fits their daily lives will be very different one from the next.
1: That's right, and, and that's nutrition. Yeah, what's going to work for you is not going to work for me. Is not going to work for Al. Is not going to work for Susan. Right. Yeah. So. We really need to individualize an approach. We need to be sensible about it. Um, And then we need to look at, you know, a whole other thing about nutrition is eating behaviors, right? right? Um, Which needs to be addressed and I don't think gets addressed. Mm -hmm. So it's all of these things together. So, you know, sugar, let's talk about that for a second. Mm -hmm. He's right, absolutely. Sugar is now linked to cancer, um, to diabetes, to Mm -hmm. heart disease. So we need to get this in check. But, you know, where is the number one um, contributor of sugar in our diets? It's mm. sugar-sweetened beverages. Yeah. Right? So it's the pop, it's the juices, it's the beverages, it's the energy drinks that we need to really, you know, be mindful of. Yeah,
0: a lot of people, uh, you know, they, they reach into the fridge and they they see, you know, whether it's a can of Coke or, or a, a package of orange juice, and they reach for the orange juice thinking that it's healthier and It's got some healthy components to it, but it also has some massively unhealthy components to it. The amount of sugar that's added to most juices is off the charts. It's the same thing with iced tea. Right. Um, And people don't really necessarily realize that until they, you know, flip it over and start looking at the nutritional information and realize just how chock it is.
1: It is. And and I think the confusion lies in, you know, if it's 100% juice, well, there's no added sugar. It's all natural sugar. Right. But it doesn't really matter. Mm. And, you know, are we really going to, like, think how many oranges it would take for you to squeeze a cup of orange juice right where well, you're not gonna sit down and eat five oranges right, right. plus you're not getting the fiber right. plus there's something to be said for chewing food you yeah. know that gives us a whole other you know um feelings and, and feelings of satiety which is so important right yeah. so i always like to say to my clients as well you know remember the number one reason we eat so do you know what the number one reason we eat is
0: i don't know I, i've always seen it as a bit of an obligation more than anything
1: <laughs> truly may not be the healthiest
0: way to like. look at it but but yeah, I mean, like for me, I don't enjoy preparing food, so I just see it as kind of a nuisance. If if I could open up a package and eat it, which, you know, I mean, I've done that in the past, although it's never a package of something that as actually has the kind of balance that you're supposed to have. Right. So, you know, but to me, I would just, I would easily drink a shake for every meal because I just don't care. I mean, I appreciate going out every now and then, but yeah. it's the preparation that's The annoying factor for me.
1: It's tough, right?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so so the number one reason we definitely to stay alive, but it's because it's there. Right. Availability. So I always give people the you know idea. So say if I had a you know a bowl of Werther's here on the table, Mm -hmm. a candy, hard candy. Right. You know, would you take one? Sure, you would. So would I. But would we think of that candy before it was there? Mm. No right? So the number one reason we eat is availability. Once you can understand that, it changes your perception of food. Right. So when I open my fridge and I see things that maybe, you know, shouldn't, I don't want to be eating all the time, Mm -hmm. right? I need to clean that up, right? I need to look at those things. What do I want to be filling my body with all the time? That's what I need to see in my cupboards, in my fridge. Right. Yes.
0: Yeah. I hadn't thought about the availability side of things. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been self-employed for almost 20 years. And so, food availability is kind it's always there. It's not just stuff's at my desk. I'm at home. I'm 20 feet from my kitchen. So, um, you know, for at least for the the first several years uh, that I was working on my own, I I probably had snacks periodically through the day and that contributed to my not feeling the best and not having the kind of energy levels that I now, I guess, to a certain extent take for granted that I've been able to recover some of those energy levels by being as active as I have been for the last several years with, with the CrossFit community. Right. Um, but that, that's a major thing. And, and you know, I, I've, I've worked inside offices that have snacks available for, yeah. for people as well. And, and some offices have a really healthy approach to the snacks that are made available to staff and others don't. Um, and so that availability has got to become a factor for a lot of them too. And the discipline that it takes to not pick up, Um, you know, the donut or the muffin or some other high fat or high sugar food that happens to be lying around is is tough.
1: And I believe it has nothing to do with discipline or willpower or anything. It's human nature. Mm. If it's a food that I want, (laughs) that even if I don't want it, it's there, I'm going to eat it. Right. Um, so you have to remove that for people. So Mm -hmm. we did get rid of the candy dish in our office. I'm happy to say, and I wasn't liked for a few weeks, but (laughs) people got over it. But, but you notice it's a change, right? Because right. whenever we eat things like that, and, and this is where we get into that sugar talk or that processed food or, you know, food that doesn't make us feel good, um, especially sugar like that, it spikes our blood sugar. We crash. We crave more sugar. We get into mm. this vicious cycle of yeah. always wanting more. Um, and, and you can't get control anymore. So it's to remove those and, and their barriers, really, right? And, and just to, to teach people that it has changed people's lives. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's like buffet eating right think about that mm. when you're at a buffet it is impossible to choose i think you know for the most part a well-balanced meal yeah. because the food is there we just want more and there's tons of research around this so it's really interesting but mo- the more you're aware
0: yeah
1: uh, the more you can change behavior yeah. yes yeah
0: yeah and i guess uh, th- you know there's there's a certain amount of effort that i think everyone would have to put into educating themselves about how to eat definitely and as an adult um, you know, your your opportunity to learn that stuff on your own because it's not forced on you. You're not in school anymore. So there's no structure to the learning process for an adult to understand how the nutrition uh, market has changed and the understanding of what you're supposed to eat and the proportions and, and um, you know, the, the different metabolic pieces of, of the puzzle that you're supposed to put together for performance right. have changed over the years.
1: Well, this is it. Nutrition is a science. It's constantly changing. It's really a struggle to work in this profession sometimes because we're up against people that, um, you know, quite frankly, have no background, are looking to sell a product. You know, this is the thing. If I give you advice and it's not sound advice, you can sue me, right? I'm liable for the information I give. I have to be evidence-based all the time. Mm -hmm. That's why if you are putting that much effort into, you know, a fitness program or anything to improve your health you should talk to someone about your eating plan too. Right. Yeah. It, they really go hand in hand and it has to be individualized. Everybody's different, right? Yeah. Everybody's so different, depending on when you work out, depending on how you feel after you eat, um, depending on how you want to combine foods. Right. But those basic components of the healthy plate that we talked about, mm-hmm. looking at getting protein and fiber at each meal is extremely important because they help to stabilize blood sugar and keep you full longer right? Whether yeah. you need snacks or not, that's an individual thing. Some people do, some people don't.
0: The personalization of, of nutrition planning is certainly something that in, um, you know, in my circle within our CrossFit community, I've, I've seen the evidence that that it really makes a, a significant difference. Right. Um, there's a lot of people at the gym that are uh, working with nutrition professionals to, um, to figure out how best to, to eat. To achieve their goals, and, and a lot of them have very different goals. I mean, we've got weightlifters that are that are um, trying to fuel performance, mm-hmm. um, and it's explosive performance. So that has a different sensibility than a CrossFitter that has to be able to sustain um, energy for you know ten or twenty or even thirty minutes at a time in right. these um, short, intense intervals. And then you've got other people that are not really particularly interested in performance. They're trying to fuel weight loss. And so they've got a a very different approach to that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the the one example that I cited uh, to you when you you arrived is uh, my buddy Gareth at -hmm. the gym. Um, He lost over 100 pounds. um, And... CrossFit helped get him there, and the community kind of rallied around him to make sure that he felt supported. Mm-hmm. But really, what made a, a very significant difference for him was an individualized diet. Right. Um, and in his case, he did uh, a variant on Ideal Protein mm-hmm. um, because I guess the, the the regular Ideal Protein diet wouldn't support the kind of level of activity that CrossFit normally entails. So he had a, a slightly different version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is something that really made a big difference to the way that. He was performing in class, and as a result, um, his weight loss really accelerated dramatically. Um, right. And so, you know, it, it really makes a big difference. And then you see other athletes that are that have performance in mind or, or muscle mass uh, in mind, and so they have a completely different approach to nutrition, but it's personalized to them, so they're really starting to see results. Um, you know, how, how much of a participant do you have to be in that planning process if, like, if I wanted to go to a nutritionist and say, I have, here's basically what I do over the course of a day, how do I fuel that? Right. How I mean, do, do I have, uh, the capacity to ask the right questions in order to help the nutritionist figure that out or, or is the nutritionist going to draw that information out of me anyway?
1: I think both. Yes. Yeah. So you have to be definitely providing, you know, a food record to see what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then are you getting the results that you're hoping for? So, you right. know, where are we lacking? You know, if it's a weight management issue, if it's an energy issue, um, you know, if it's blood work, right, you know, I'm low in iron, you know, or low in B12. Who knows? Right. It could be yeah. anything. Right. So yes. And then we are trained to help kind of ask the right questions and kind of figure out, yeah, you know, this doesn't look quite right. Or, um, you know, your strength training, you need way more protein than you're getting. That's usually not the case, but I just give you an example, right. Or, you know, you're not getting enough fluid, right. For, yeah. you know, your size and your activity levels. So well,
0: I know the one time that we did a nutrition challenge at the gym was through, um, uh, another, another nutrition program that was run online. And the, the one thing, I mean, I never really got um, my macro ingredients balanced quite the right way. But the mm-hmm. one thing that was a glaring uh, issue for me is I wasn't taking in enough calories.
1: Interesting, isn't it? Um,
0: and yeah. so, and, you know, it, 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 to me, that seemed a little backwards. I mean, I was still able to perform in class. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't running out of energy. Um but I wasn't really seeing any performance gains, nor was I seeing any any uh body proportion changes. Because right. I was looking for a fat reduction while improving my performance. Right. Um and that wasn't happening. And there was a post maybe a month or two later, I can't remember exactly when, um, but Brent Fukowski, one of the, the biggest CrossFitters in the world, um posted a photo of himself from the games in I think it was twenty sixteen. And underneath it was how many calories he was taking in at the time. Mm -hmm. And then it was something like, you know, 4,000 or something like that. I mean, it it was a lot. Easily twice as much as I was taking in. And then the next photo was uh, himself ridiculously huge and even more shredded. And underneath was even more calories per day, right? Um, and that that blew my mind. I mean, it, it didn't really occur to me that you could fuel yourself that way and still get those kind of performance gains. Definitely. So h- how does that work? I mean, how can you take in more calories and, I mean, I get I get the idea that more calories mean more muscle, but how do you also wind up getting more shredded at the same time? Because I thought I thought the idea of muscle mass going up and body fat going down at the same time didn't work.
1: Right. There's so many components here. So um, sometimes when we don't eat enough, um, our body won't run properly, right? right? So it reminds me of the example. I had a client who came to me for weight loss. Mm-hmm. And I looked at his meal plan. I said, you're not eating enough. And he said, there's no way. I'm not eating more. So he was really – he had a fear of food, which was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I said, I will refund your money if you don't lose weight. But I can tell you right now you're not eating enough. Anyway, he followed what I – the vice I gave him. And and that's exactly what happened. He lost weight. He was amazed, Hmm. but it's almost like your body doesn't hoard food. Right. So if I don't give my body the right amount of calories for the activities that I'm doing, it just won't efficiently burn those calories because it knows that it's not going to get fed. It's very smart. Mm. Right. Um, but when I fuel it properly and and the right fuel is so important, right? So we can fuel ourselves with all kinds of different types of food, but I'm sure the example that you gave of this Gentleman, the CrossFitter, you know, he's fueling himself with the right foods, right? Um, It makes a huge difference on how it's utilized. So it gives a bit of an insight to why sometimes we need more calories when we do more activity. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes we have to be careful because sometimes we, when we start to get more active, our metabolism revs up and we get more hungry. And then sometimes if you start eating the wrong calories, um, because you think, oh, I'm working out. I can have, Mm -hmm. well, I don't know we'll pick on chips. I always pick on chips, right? right? We'd have chips or this and that. Well, you know, the amount of calories in those chips really was never going to maybe equate to what you just burned off. So it really depends. You have to sometimes choose the right things after to make sure that we're getting that glycogen uptake back into the muscle um, so that we're refueling those stores and that that affects performance the next time again. So that is again, so individualized, Right. Right. Um and, and that's where you really gotta work with somebody one on one to hmm. figure those things out. Yeah.
0: So I, I'm gonna ask a couple selfish questions at the sure. moment. Um, because I work out at 6am, um, I don't have the ability to have a a full breakfast in the morning prior to a workout. Right. I tend to get some fuel afterwards, but not much before. Right. Um, you know, my, my habit has been to get up and maybe have a small thing of yogurt and a banana or something to have a little bit of solid food in me, but that's good. There's really not much else going on there Mm because I found, I found if I tried to eat too much beforehand, it, it just, it didn't sit well, depending on what the workout was. Right. Um, and so I, I wound up having to cut back a little bit on what my expectations were for how much to get in. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm up at five, I might be finished eating by 5.20, 5.30, and then by the time six o'clock rolls around, the wad has started. Right. So I don't have a lot of time for that to settle either. So what are what are some foods that make sense for somebody that's in that position to try to get into their system to um, both, I guess it's not a matter of aiding performance because it's not going to digest in that amount of time, mm-hmm. but um, what what's a reasonable food to try to get in so that you're, you're not trying to work out with an empty stomach?
1: Right. Um, so I have clients that do work out on an empty stomach. I mean, it's not optimal, but again, everybody's different. Yeah. Um, but the foods that would be optimal for you are foods that... Have a higher carbohydrate value. So like your banana is a great choice. Mm -hmm. That little bit of protein that's in your yogurt does help to anchor that carbohydrate. So you don't just get like a a surge of blood sugar. It kind of helps to stabilize that blood sugar Mm -hmm. um, so that it lasts you a little bit longer. What you don't want to see in that meal is high fat content, really high protein content because it takes way too long to digest. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the chances of you having cramping or feeling bloated during your workout are quite high if you're having those types of foods. Mm -hmm. But what you're doing is great, right? So just, you know, a banana, really easily, quickly digested, a little bit of yogurt, that works perfect. Um, You know, you could do a piece of toast. You could do a little bit of uh, like a peanut butter on it if you wanted. That gives you a little bit of protein with that carbohydrate. Um, Sometimes a drink is well-tolerated. For people, so like a smoothie mm-hmm. um, is well tolerated and easily digested. The amount is going to matter though, right? When yeah. You don't have that time, yeah. you just want to be careful. And sometimes liquids don't jive with people, so these are all things that you want to be looking at, um, you know. So even during like a you know, say if you were going into a competition, you know, during a training period. So, you know, we always say like 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrate per hour of activity. Mm-hmm. Well, that could come in a ton of different forms. It could come in food form. It could come in gels or it could come in drinks, right. but those are all things that people don't tolerate the same, right? So you've got to yeah. trial that out. But yeah. for yourself, I think you're doing a great thing. And if that works for you, so that's always the question you have to ask, so how far. do I feel, right? I yeah. feel pretty good. If you were to do eggs, I bet you you're not going to feel good because it's mm. going to take too long for you to digest those. But yeah. you know, John, you might want to try some different things too, and say, okay, what if I try, I don't know, an, an apple? Does that make me feel different? An apple right. with peanut? Well, you can't have nuts. <laughs> <Right>. Sorry, <laughs> soy nut butter.
0: Allergies okay. are always the real challenge too. Always a challenge. Uh, you know, with with nuts and seeds being at least one of the one of the official ways to get a little bit of extra protein and, and maybe even some healthy fats. Those are out of the question for me. So you know, yeah. I, I wind up struggling to find some alternatives.
1: Right? Do you like avocado? Uh,
0: it's all right. I, I I can't say that I'm an avocado lover, though.
1: Okay. Have you ever had in a smoothie? No. Okay. So at least not smoothie.
0: that I'm aware of. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been in one of the long laundry list of ingredients that I just didn't notice.
1: Right. Um, so that's a great way to have avocado because uh, you can disguise it and make sure your smoothie creamy if you like that. Right. Um, and you can buy frozen avocado now, which mm-hmm. is really nice. So there's lots of ways, but that's a that's just something to fruit that comes to mind that has some great healthy fat. But even just using oils so your olive oil and canola oil, they also give you healthy fat. So if you Mm -hmm. look at the new uh, dyslipidemia guidelines, I know I've referred to those, but they're heart health guidelines. Um, They talk about having a quarter cup of olive oil a day, which sounds very odd to people because we've been so fat phobic for so long. Mm -hmm. But now we're seeing the benefits of healthy fats into our diet. Um, And and they do play a a role in keeping us full longer, Mm -hmm. um, which is so important. Um, So yeah, you could look at different oils as well. all like soy nuts as well. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can't have those. Uh,
0: I've never tried them.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, not sure. don't take my advice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in to clinical setting before we try this, but yeah, there's, there's lots of different ways you can get this in. And then of course fatty fish is uh, not a plant source of fat, but amazing for omega three fat mm-hmm. um, and something we should be eating. All should be eating a couple times a week right? right to get in.
0: Now the uh, supplements are, are um, certainly a component that a lot of us look at and um, for lack of a better alternative, I mean, if we're not able to get, uh, fish fats into our diet, um, whether, you know, well, like in my case, I have a mild allergy to certain fish, but not all of them. So I, I really could easily get it into my diet. Um, but the rest of my family isn't crazy about fish, so we hardly ever have it. Um, so as a result, I'm taking omega threes as a supplement, um, you know, Do do those uh, over-the-counter supplements that that are intended to replace uh, those components of your diet achieve the same thing or should you really be aspiring to include those naturally in your diet?
1: Mm -hmm. That's a great question. So I think it's the perfect question for a pharmacist um, Mm because that's her expertise. But if I could give you my opinion on it. Um, we know that supplements don't sometimes act the same as food. Omega three is an example, mm. um, where we would recommend that supplement for people that didn't eat fish to help um, their heart health. Let's say, well, it's not recommended anymore mm-hmm. to help um, you know lower LDL cholesterol. It can help lower triglycerides, which is another component. Right, um, but you know to take it to lower LDL, no. So. The, the short answer to that is it's I think it's better to eat the food if you can, mm. right? If you can't, then absolutely you need to talk about that with your pharmacist, with your dietitian to make sure that things are, are driving we Or just well.
0: browbeat my family into eating fish.
1: Definitely. <laughs> right? Or you have it when they're not here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? If sure. they're not here in the day, you have it for lunch. You know, canned, like look at canned options or frozen options, but things right. that are you know easy for you to get them in. I don't know if your parents ever meal plan like this, but... I know what my husbands did, but they always used to have fish on Friday and they used to have beans on Monday and they used to have, you know, so, so just like mm. the, his mom, my, Michael's mother would like, you know, meal plan. So, you know, every Monday they had baked beans. Right. It, it, it made it easy for her. She had 10 kids. Um, you know, she was home.
0: There's it, a reason to meal plan there's right there. There's a reason
1: to meal, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I think she could have taught meal. I know she could have taught meal planning, but... We've gotten away from that and and there's some real value to having those kind of theme nights. So whether it's Taco Tuesday or it doesn't matter, whatever works for your family, but that's a really good way to get started with meal planning because meal planning is so daunting to a lot of people. Um, But, you know, it's having that plan on your fridge. It's making everybody aware. If you've got teenagers, if you've got, you know, spouses, everybody can kind of pitch in, right? But everybody's on the same page. But having those theme nights and then having, you know, at least a fish night or two a week is a great thing to do.
0: That's That's been the real challenge, um, at least from my perspective anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think part of it is that I've kind of trained myself to uh, not want to commit to eating um, certain things days out. Right. Um, oh, you're one of those. Which, yeah. Which, <laughs> I, it, it'd be nice if I could approach it differently. And, mm-hmm. and I, I see a lot of people at the gym that are, really specifically doing like an entire week worth of meal planning. They'll do meal prep. They'll dice up all the vegetables and the meats and cook everything all at the same time. And then they'll, they have the discipline to put it into containers with properly sized bins that, that have to do with the proportions that they're supposed to have. Um, I haven't taken it to that step yet. Um, and I feel like maybe I should be, if I want to be able to, to, you know, achieve a higher level of performance. Mm -hmm. But that also means that I'd have to go through a little bit more of an education process on what those proportions need to be and uh, exercise a little bit of imagination on how I can get all the ingredients that I need and still have my meals not feel the same every time.
1: Right. Right. It's tough. So, you know, let's talk about that meal is the same. So my advice to people, a lot of my clients that are looking to, so it's not your case, but say lose weight is to eat the same things Mm. for a little while to get a handle on, okay, am I feeling full? Do I need more food? Do I need less food? You know, How does this feel to me? Am I gonna start seeing results? And then once we start to see results, maybe we work in some different things. For you, I mean, how do you start this? Do you go buy a rotisserie chicken at Sobeys? You know, you cut that up into four meals and mm-hmm. then you put, you know, four different veg with that, four different starch with that. I mean, that would be an easy way to start, yeah. right? You can buy packaged salads. You can put those in. So, I mean, do you have to really put those in containers? No. You work from home. You yeah. can have it in your fridge. But, yeah. you know, there's lots of different ways you can go about this to make it easy. Uh, but you're right. That same old, same old can get monotonous. But sometimes it's what you have for dinner, you have for lunch the next day. right? Right? So, or if you had, you know, a chicken stir fry for dinner and you put it in a wrap the next day. So, so, there's ways to kind of make one meal go a couple of different ways, which mm-hmm. I think is so important with meal planning. We, none of us have the time, no. you know, to really cook two to three meals a day, right? Yeah. So always thinking of how your meals could do double duty yeah. and then, you know, having stuff frozen that mm. saves me, yeah. um, having two kids, having a husband, I have stuff in the freezer all the time so that I can pull that out, you know, and then, then think simple eggs, yeah. you know, great source of protein right? It's easy.
0: Yeah. And we often forget about the cost efficiency of, of doing meal planning in that way as well. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, if you're making each meal individually, you're spending more on your ingredients, you're spending more on, uh, more time on prep. Um, so whether you equate that into a cost, at least right. in, in terms of time, um, you know, these are all efficiencies that we all lose when we don't have uh, prioritize that, that planning for the entire week. You got it. Um, and that, that's certainly something that, I've been thinking about um, my wife has been thinking about it a little bit more than I have. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's gone through bouts where an entire week of meals uh, were planned. Uh, But we also get the occasional bomb thrown in there. Like, you know, suddenly uh, an appointment gets changed or there's basketball right in the middle of the time that we would ordinarily eat. And so, and, and the biggest challenge is our, our our family doesn't all like the same stuff. So, 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 if we were trying to do meal planning that everyone would eat the same thing, we'd be in very serious trouble. <laughs> um, so that becomes a little bit challenging. I mean, yes. um, my wife and I will, will commonly eat the same thing, but it certainly can't say that of our 14 year old. Right. Um, so, and, and our, our oldest is only here for meals on occasion, um, especially now that she's working shift work. So it, there's no way to integrate the planning, maybe the way that I think, uh, a family with a kind of different schedule would be able to do right, um, but I'd certainly like to get to that level because I think that it would make a world of a difference to um, just our approach totally. and you know we're Costco members, so it's not like we can't come home with a ton of ingredients for a reasonable price and yeah.
1: you just said a bad word. <laughs> Just <laughs> i'm just kidding you know it, so so here's a suggestion for you too so um i do this all the time with my family so you sit down together the three mm-hmm. of you let's say so the four of you when you're all here but yeah. um and and then you pick the meals that you all like mm-hmm. right so there's got to be five meals there's got to be six meals that may no. it i of off it the is.
0: top of my head i'd i'd find it very hard to, but go on
1: so <laughs> But this might be for you, but you know, even just put them in a cup, like write them on pieces of paper, put them in a cup. So sometimes it can just be as easy as that. Right. Right. So in the morning on, you know, it's, it's Tuesday morning, I pick out, okay, we're having chili tonight. Right. The morning is sometimes tough. It depends on who's home and who can get things ready, or maybe it's the night before that we can prep things, but it can sometimes be that easy. Right. So yes, we can do a full, you know, five days of meal planning, Mm
0: -hmm. but sometimes
1: it could be just a couple days in a row. Right. And when we know we're all going to be here at the same time, we go to our cup of common meals and we choose one of those right There's lots of ways it can be done but you're right you've got to make it work for your family and every family is so different right yeah 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 for sure yeah.
0: Um, so what what of the what of the myth uh, that when you walk into the typical grocery store if you stay to the exterior walls you get all the healthy food and all the crap is in the middle is uh, that, does that actually wind up being the case?
1: I mean I don't think we can say that a hundred percent of the time. So yes, you get your produce on the outskirts, you get your, you know, animal protein, your fish, um, you know, your dairies usually on the outskirts and you know, your grain, your bread really. But in the aisles I can find beans and lentils. That's true. So paleos aren't going to like this, but I mean, they're. Definitely nutritious, right? We want to be including those. We can choose whole grain pasta, not for you, but nuts and seeds are in the aisles. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to be smart about your options. You have to learn how to read a label. Mm. you have to learn how to read a label yeah. so that's something i'll do a plug for sobies here you know our dietitians do free grocery store tours you know across the country we're national now okay so that's something that you know everybody should invest an hour time in and get a little bit of education in that because it's mm-hmm. different right yep. or you say to the dietitian you know this is the cereal that i choose can mm-hmm. you tell me if this is good for fiber is it good you know and we can look at those and we can look at some other options but So yes, I don't think that's true all the time because there are things that are in those aisles that are really nutritious. Mm -hmm. Uh, But sometimes we just kind of get our blinders on and we buy the same thing week after week. Um, So sometimes it's a matter of just shaking that up a bit. Yeah, um, and there's so many resources out there to help us. Right? Yeah,
0: I think the main things that we've started staying away from, in particular, would be, I mean, certainly like chips and stuff like that. I'm, yes. I'm just trying to stay the hell away from. Yeah. Uh, you know, occasionally at parties, and that that's about the only time they make an appearance. Yes. Um, but even simple things that, like as kids, we were told were healthy, like cereals and stuff. I mean, even even Raisin Bran has a ton of sugar in it. Right. So unless you look at the label, you wouldn't really think of that because you they 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 hold these things up as, as being healthy. Right. Um, you know, crackers and and things like that that are extremely high in carbs and don't necessarily deliver a whole lot else. Right. Um, you know, and, and you never wind up just having one, you wind up with half a bloody package at right. once. So, you know, those, those types of things I wind up making a, a concerted effort to avoid. Um, I'm tending to buy, you know, fresh meats and, and stuff that I have to prepare the same day kind of thing, which I probably could cook and freeze. I just haven't gotten into yes. the habit of doing that.
1: That's right. That's right. So, yeah, I like your thought process there. So whole foods, definitely. They're always going to be better for us. Um, home prepared, always better for us. Always mm-hmm. less sodium. You know, so we get a lot of different conversations about packaged foods here. But, yeah. yes, if you can buy your food, make it yourself, you're going to save money. You know, if we are planning properly yeah. and we're not throwing food out, we can definitely save money that way too, which I know is a concern for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so it just takes some time, some education finding the plan that works for you and sometimes that is here's the five meals that we like we're going to rotate those for a couple weeks you know mm-hmm. maybe in some different ways but until we kind of get our groove yeah you know and then we add a couple more meals to that repertoire maybe then we have like a week one menu a week two menu so there's lots of different ways that you can do it
0: well and you know on the surface as boring as it might sound to eat the same food for a period of time there is a there is you know something scientifically valid about it as well i mean when you when you do eat the same thing for, you know, however many days or even weeks at a time, you do get a a measurable, observable result as to how it impacts how you feel on a day-to-day basis. If you're, you know, the idea of having a different meal every day means you're constantly changing the variables that you're then trying to gauge against your performance in the gym. Right. Um, And so I I think I understand why those that are doing the meal planning do have certain ingredients and certain, uh, or even certain entire meals that repeat. Within, the, within their overall schedule, whether it's the same meal several days in a row or that certain meal appears at the same time of, of week. That's right. uh, Week over week so that they have something that they can compare as time goes on.
1: That's right. Yeah. And of course, in that equation, always goes sleep, stress. Yeah. <laughs> Which can always affect yeah. everything. Right? Yeah. But lots of other variables going of, in there too. But you're right. You know, having the, that consistency and sometimes it's just, it helps people um, just get on track, right? Because right? sometimes... Just mere choice, like I've said before, um, it just can be too much sometimes, right? Right. So, you know, if we're just starting this process, sometimes having the same couple meals that you rotate through for maybe lunch or supper Mm -hmm. um, can really help get you on the right track to start, especially if you're putting in the effort to work out. That's the thing, right? Mm -hmm. That takes a lot of time. That's a lot of effort. It's commendable. And if you're not seeing the results you're looking for, you got to start trying some different things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean the diet is is probably overlooked by most of us when we first start. I mean, we just think, hey, we're suddenly going from zero to a hundred. We're we're suddenly very active. Everything else will just kind of sort itself out. Right. Um, but the reality is, you know, you do have to fuel the engine uh, a different way as well if you're going to expect results, or at the very least, you're going to get better results if you're putting oh the goodness. right fuel into it.
1: Well, they say it's eighty to ninety percent nutrition, right? They say ads yeah. are made in, in the kitchen, yeah. Um, so it, it really is dependent on what we eat. There is a science behind it. Um, that being said, there's lots of ways to approach eating now that we need to be open to as dietitians, because mm-hmm. not every diet works the same for every person. Or I like to say eating plan. I don't yeah. like to say a diet, but you know you got to work within that, right? And so, yeah. do you
0: get a lot of questions about the the various different? Trendy diets that that wind up appearing. I mean, I got to figure you you wind up having to swat down those flies on a regular basis.
1: Definitely, but you know, I I just presented at the uh, Pharmacy Association Association of Nova Scotia conference um, mm. a couple weekends ago, and, and that was the underlying theme is you know we have to work with our clients where they're at. So if they come to me and they want to do keto, right. well, I was just at the Diabetes Canada conference a couple weeks ago, and some people with diabetes are seeing results they're seeing good blood sugar control Mm -hmm. um you know the evidence is not all in yet and i have to be honest with my clients right but i have to also support them now as a community dietitian that's not really my role i have clinical dietitians that you know and colleagues that you know in that team approach would be would be better to support because you do want to look at blood work right um but you know if i have someone coming to me for paleo yes i can absolutely um help them you know, depending on what their goals are. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's about education. It's about meeting people where they're at. Um, and, and of course, as we know, nutrition changes day by day. So, you know, it's about keeping abreast of that. And you know, why can I eat eggs every day now? Why don't eggs affect my cholesterol anymore? Right. Yeah, there, there has been, a, yeah,
0: there's certain foods that that were uh, that, that have had a very significant shift, and eggs is certainly one of them.
1: Totally. Right. So you know, people get frustrated with that, and they they seem to kind of they think we you know we lose credibility sometimes because they think mm. oh you just said this last week and now you're saying something different. But as we know, science changes all the time. So just to be abreast of that, so you know, just like you have a good doctor, like you have a good pharmacist you know you should have a good dietitian that you can at least call upon ask questions and then you make your own informed decision on how you want to roll out your your food right, right. that's it yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: what what are what's your suggestion for the the busy person that needs to at least dip their toe into the the notion of meal planning like is it is it starting with those certain days of the week you have something repeat to to make things a little bit easier to
1: start i would yeah, yeah. so i sometimes look at my clients and and you know that everybody has you know three to four go-to meals. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I work with those, right. They feel comfortable cooking them. um, and and then we just try those. And then I might help to introduce some different recipes that are one pot meals or slow cooker. If they like those, Mm -hmm. you know, or it's the egg meal that we talked about where, you know, I don't have three pots on the stove every night, you know, so, um, it, it is starting slow and looking at where they're at and then building on that. So, you know, if they're having the seven ounce steak, with, you know, a half a cup of peas, well, we try to balance that plate out a little bit uh, and, and work within that, right? So there's right. always little changes that we can be making all the time, but sometimes it's a suggestion of, okay, go buy a vegetable tray. Yeah. Yes, it's more expensive, mm-hmm. um, but you know what? If it helps, sometimes people are willing to put that in yeah. uh, just to kind of get them there, right? I mean, if you go buy a thing of celery and you don't cut it up and put it in clear containers in eye view in your fridge, we know that it rots in that crisper yeah, and we throw it out week after week. Yeah. You have to prepare things as they come home and make it easy to eat. Mm-hmm. So if that means buying a small vegetable tray or you know, already prepared vegetables, mm-hmm. we do that, right? So it's those little tricks of the trade that can help you increase your consumption of those foods, which in turn affect our nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Making right. it easy.
0: <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. Lori, thank you.
1: My pleasure. Anytime.
0: Time to eat. I know I have a stronger desire to plan my meals effectively to improve what I get back out of what I eat. It's a complex subject because there are a lot of variables to control. When you're into fitness as a lifestyle, I guess that comes with the territory. But for some reason, a lot of us, myself certainly included, think of nutrition as... Uh, part of the equation that's mysterious and challenging in a way that I don't normally equate with my workouts. But like anything, experiment, fail, learn, and improve. That has to be the way to go. And I'm going to make more of an effort to apply that thinking to what I eat. If you haven't caught Lori on CTV Morning Live, be sure to tune in every second Wednesday morning for her segment. You can also follow her on Twitter. Uh, Her handle is at RD Lori, and and Lori is spelled L-A-U-R-I-E. Uh, And you can check out her website at justasklaurie.com for more discussion on nutrition and some great recipes for healthy meals and snacks. Please subscribe to the Box Jumper podcast on your favorite podcasting platform so you get upcoming episodes automatically as I'm joined by more guests to talk about fitness and health. If you like this episode please write me a review on iTunes. It's very much appreciated, and it helps other folks like you find the podcast. You can email me feedback or ideas at info at boxjumper.ca, and of course you can visit the website boxjumper.ca for more fitness-related stuff. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with the handle at boxjumperover40. Thanks for listening. Lots more to come in the coming weeks. Until then, stay healthy, wad happy, and wad often.